0: Welcome to the Hope United podcast, where we're creating a culture of worship, family, and discipleship. We hope this message challenges, inspires, and gives you hope today. If you like this podcast, remember to share and subscribe. We've been talking about this incredible topic, the good news. And it is amazing how that no matter what problem we see in the world today, no matter what problem we encounter on a personal level, God has already provided a solution for it. He provided a solution for it, and He gives us the blueprint to that solution in John 3.16. For God so loved the world. He loves us. He loves all the people of the world. He loves all the people groups of the world. So much so that He gave His only begotten Son. He gave us Jesus. He's the key. He's the solution to every problem. And the solution begins with Jesus... And it continues in us, Christ in us, the hope of glory, Christ in us, the hope for a better tomorrow, the hope that everything's going to get better, going to be all right, is Christ in us. The thing that Christ started, the thing that we as his people are finishing and bringing to a conclusion. So we have made some big claims and I want to talk about a couple of different questions I think that may arise As we're talking about the good news And how it is actually The solution for our world So how can we As Christians make seemingly Huge claims Like Jesus is the answer To all the problems in the world
1: Well I think um, That statement Could be misunderstood by a lot Because it just sounds Like a very religious over the top Statement but Because we have an understanding of who God is and how this world works, um, I wanted to take you to this scripture, Jeremiah 17, 9. And it says, The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who knows how bad it is? We know God knows how bad it is. But it's very easy for man to do his own thing and to fall into wicked places because of the condition of the heart. And this is why, like, I'm always reminded of the scripture of every good and perfect thing comes from above. A lot of the things that people fight for in this day, justice and goodness and being fair and, uh, love and all these things are rooted from biblical things from God. God is love. God is good. God is the perfect judge. He's a just judge. There's so many things that sometimes people fight for and they don't realize like, The source of those good things come from him. So when we say Jesus is the answer to all, the reason that we can say that confidently is because we understand that God came to save us. Jesus came to save the lost. Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. So all these wonderful blessings are a result of our connection with him. A lot of the, the corruption and the wickedness that we see in the world is the result of man's selfishness, mm. man's desire for power um, and to get a one up on somebody or just being, you know, vindictive or just all these issues that we see, hate, all, all those things, they're rooted out of wickedness. And that's why we need that connection with God.
0: I think one of the huge things that we see in the person of Jesus is the key. To get back to God's original design. God's original design for you and me, for all of us in this room, for all of mankind for that matter, is paradise. We were designed for paradise. We were created with paradise in mind. There was never, uh, this was never part of God's plan for us to live a subpar existence. So he created mankind. He put them in the Garden of Eden. And the Garden of Eden was a perfect place, a paradise And when sin came in, sin entered in, and now our existence became diminished. So we talk about pain and suffering and sorrow and uh, abuse and neglect and uh, brokenness and violence and anger and all the problems of the world today. God is saying, I have a solution for you. It's getting back to the way I created things. My solution for you is to get you back to paradise is to get you back to Eden. So the way back is through the person of Jesus right. Christ. So this is how our, our amazingly huge claims are actually substantiated, is by understanding what Jesus actually means to us. Mm-hmm. Jesus is the savior of the world. He is saving us from the existence that we have now fallen victim to. Right. And when we were restored to a relationship with God, and to perfection in God. All of these things, all of these problems, all these woes, all these ills, all these diseases, all these sicknesses, right. all these relational issues, all this violence, all this hatred goes away with the work of Christ coming to full measure. Yes. When the work of Christ comes to full measure within us, We will see poured out God's original purpose for the earth. So that's how we can make these huge claims like Jesus is the answer for the world. How is he the answer? He's the answer to get us back to the place that God wanted us to be.
1: And that's not the same as religion is the answer for the world. And I think a lot of people see it when you make that statement as "Oh, saving power. Yes. His saving power. Him being
0: the bridge. Him
1: being the key. Can I read this scripture before you ask that question? The next question, Psalm 1611, you will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. That's what the psalmist said to God. And I think when people realize that the reason the word, there's all these parameters and things that God set in place for us is because he's showing us the way to live. A good life the way to live a life that's blessed where even when we face challenges when we see sickness when we see heartache we're able to still go through it and go through it successfully you know and and be anchored to him so I I think like not saying it in a way that there's like no there's that we're just like in this bubble because we're not in a bubble we live in a real world with real things but with God as our guide, we're able to navigate through those things successfully and be undefeated.
0: Amen. Amen. So let's talk about rolling this out. Right. When we look at some of the biggest problems facing our world, how can we as Christians step up and provide
1: answers? I think first we need to be accessible um, and live a life that's worthy of demonstrating that. Um, when we are not aware of the fact that we have been commanded and that we need to take that responsibility and, and take that mandate on where he said, go forth and make more disciples, then we're missing out. You know, we can just do life daily. I was saying to somebody like some of us just go from a from point eight to, you know, Z trying to get through life, trying to get through life with our family intact and with our career intact and making sure that we just, we live a good life. But sometimes we're not intentional with evangelizing and saying, if we've been commanded, not just a pastor, not just an evangelist, all, all of us have been commanded to go forth and make more disciples, regardless of your personal strengths, your communication. You know, Moses was not a good communicator and he led the Israelites. We can't use these excuses to keep us from doing what he asked us to do. And so we have to make ourselves accessible. We don't have to be weird. We don't have to be strange. We don't have to be over the top. Normal conversations can go such a long way. I was sharing in the other service how, when I had this event yesterday and it was so great. I didn't go as a pastor. I just went as a friend and as a, as like a like we were just doing life together you know we were hanging out and and there's some of the people in this group some of them are believers some of them are unchurched some of this them are on a journey and so like questions would come up oh so how do you how did you get into what you're doing and um you know they started telling me about their journey with god and and just this organic thing started to happen and it sometimes it's not all in one day and if you're open to the fact that God has put you on assignment to sometimes work on people for a season, then you, you know, that can go a long way. So I think just being like uh, the word keeps coming to me, accessible and ready and intentional. We have to be intentional because life can go by and you just forget to do that. And it's, it's such a critical part. It's a timely thing. Absolutely.
0: I think that. When we talk about how do we as believers become the salt and light, how do we yes. become this extension of Christ, this extension of the solution to the world, to the world? I think it, it comes to um, – there was a great uh, – on, on Wednesday we get into some great content in our men's uh, Bible study. And one of the men was saying, before I even let my feet hit the ground in the morning – I begin to start declaring some things over my life and begin communicating with God. Um, I I, I start praying. And so I think when we say at the beginning of the day, God, how do you want to be involved in my day? Is, Is there some direction? Is there some guidance? Is there some things you want me to do? I think we far too often put our schedule together, our agenda together, and it doesn't have what God wants to do in it. God wants to be involved in every aspect of our lives, and if we take Jesus into all of our spheres of influence, we take Jesus into the sphere of family, we take Jesus into the sphere of of, of our work and our coworkers and that community, and we we take Jesus into the other areas that we have, we will find that there will be profound impact. We are we are bringing the solution. We are bringing the solution, in, which is Jesus. You know, when I look at um, when when I look at uh, you know what needs to happen, we, we see it the life of Jesus. Let, let me take you there. The life of Jesus. One of the most incredible things about what we see in the Gospels Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is that Jesus went into all different types of environments. Yeah. Right? He went in environments where there are sick people. He went to environments that were business type of environments. He went into environments that were governmental. He went to environments with people that were hungry. And so Jesus continued to go into all these different spaces. Um, and that's what really brought out miraculous results He was there in the midst of social issues. He was there in the midst of medical issues. He was there in the middle of this tension between uh, racial issues. And so Jesus was constantly introducing himself into different environments. So essentially this is what God wants us to do is to introduce Jesus into all these various environments that we're walking in already. Sometimes it's not even about you going into a different environment. That's great, and God will ask you to do that. But start with this. What environments are you already in, and how can you bring Christ, how can you bring the conversation of Christ into that environment? Um, Bill was telling me this great testimony on uh, on the men's line this week about being in Washington, D.C. And just... He said, what we've been talking about on Sunday, what we've been talking about at the Men's Bible Studies, I just, I just came in with a mindset, I'm going to talk about the goodness of God Yes. in Washington. I'm going to talk about the person of Jesus. I'm going to talk about you know, the, 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 the character of God. I'm going to talk about the, being thankful for what God did for me. I'm going to talk about Jesus. So, and, and it began to shift the environments that he was in. And then some things he didn't even expect to happen started to happen because he introduced Jesus into the environment. And I think what we have to understand is no matter if it's a business situation, political, educational, uh, family situation, friends situation, when we invite Jesus into the conversation, solutions begin to unfold. Ah, I never thought of it that way. We begin to draw different people to us. And I think it's so important that we understand it's us. It's Christ in us. Where are the solutions coming from? They're coming out of you, out of your relationship with Christ, out of my relationship with Christ. And when I bring that relationship out and I say, hey, listen, I'm bringing this, I'm bringing this topic and I'm bringing this relationship uh, with Christ into the forefront, it begins to uh, unfold in a beautiful way. Now, I want to talk about this because some spaces are adversarial. You know, some places it's, it's more difficult than others to bring up, you know, what we believe or our faith or the person of Jesus. So how do we combat the prevailing thought not to share faith mm-hmm. in the public space?
1: I, being aware that the opposite of faith is fear and that the enemy uses that tactic against us often. In anything, uh, a bad report from the doctor, sharing faith with others. Um, so when you're going into these spaces, you're not, you're not going it with the intent of I'm going to rebel against the system. That's not the the (laughs) intention. You know, it's just, you're, you are who you are. You were created to be who you are. And for such a time as this with a specific assignment to reach the people around you whatever your circle is. So with that in mind, there will be opportunities where you can share faith. And in those moments, you have to make a decision, you know, not, not to back away. Because the honest truth is when I look around at the world in its condition today and I say, man, you know, I think this is, a lot of the result of this is because people shied away from talking and speaking up. You know, like we, we look at the stuff that people are trying to do and, and saying and how much, I mean, I know the word talks about in the last days, but you know, like you wonder sometimes if things are accelerated because believers aren't standing up and making a stance on something and we're allowing the other, you know, whatever, the other dog to bark louder. Like we have to stand up and say, this is what's right. This is, this is what's right by God and um, you know, when I talk to people, what I let them know is that I'm available for them. Like when we were talking about accessibility, so people know what I do. They know who I am. And, and this is something, by the way, I didn't get to tell the first services. So you guys are special, but something that, that we're challenging ourselves in, like, we don't just get up here and talk about it if we're not trying to live it out. And so like, we've been, we've been, Pursuing circles outside of church to try to to put this into action as well So back to what I was saying I've made myself and there's people going through different things And so it's a process people are not always ready to just be like So tell me about jesus, you know, it's more about being consistent Showing that god is strong in your life and the truth is nobody can argue with you about what god did in your life We're not here to argue with people. We're here to show them the love of Christ, show them kindness. You know, they will know that you're my disciples by your love. So it's important for us to lead with love, to lead with kindness, lead with knowing like, Hey, if you need something, you need me to pray with you. Or when the other day, this, I met with this lady for an appointment and, uh, she was doing me a service and I said, she was like, Oh man, I totally forgot that I had this exam and it's tonight and it's with a proctor. So I can't cheat. And, and she was just like going on and on about how stressed she was. And I was like, you know what? I'll keep that in prayer, you know? And, and she was like, thank you. Little things like that to let people know, you know, I'm thinking about you. I'm here for you. I'm for you. Some of the most like amazing moments in my life have been with somebody. I've been in a dark place or in a broken place and somebody will stop and say, I see you. And somebody will stop and say, I'm here for you, or I'll be praying about that for you. If we can flip that and do it for others, man, it makes a world of difference. This world is so dry when you don't have God. And I watch people like bumbling around, like just trying to make their way, find their way, looking so broken and lost because they nobody's talking to them about the love of Jesus, the redeeming work of Jesus. So it's important. For us to really st- take that role and to say, I'm encouraging myself in the Lord and I'm taking on your boldness, Holy Spirit. I'll be strong and courageous. Accept it. You have to accept it because the truth is we'll all give an account. It can't be, well, you know, I wasn't given the title. No, we all will be, have to stand before the Lord and accept responsibility for what we did or did not do.
0: Well, actually, that is, amen. Uh, I was going to say that is the title, Christian. When you accept the title of Christian, that means that you are now assuming the responsibility of being the salt and the light of the earth and to share the gospel. As Jesus said, go and make disciples. Um, But, you know, Ecclesiastes says something really important. It says um, there's nothing new under the sun. So when we look and we see um, an environment that is oftentimes adversarial to sharing faith in public spaces... This is not the first time it's happened in history. Um, We can actually look in the Word, and we can look to the person of Daniel. There's actually a few examples, but we'll hone down on Daniel today. Um, And Daniel, basically, he was a man with a strong belief in God that did not waver. The Scripture tells us, it says, you know, live peaceably. This is what Paul says, live peaceably, like obey the authority, obey uh, governmental authorities, but where is that line that you say, okay, well, the government is asking me this or the culture is telling me this. And when is the time for me to do, to do that and not to do that? Well, I would, I would challenge you in your faith that whenever culture or the government or anybody else is telling you to do something that's contrary to the teachings of Christ, that's where the line is. That's where the line is. Am I obedient to the law? Absolutely. Am I obedient to things if if there's somebody over me? Absolutely. But my line always has to be as a Christian if it crosses this line where Christ has asked me to do something. And so this is the line that we have to observe. And that is when culture says Jesus doesn't have any place here. And as Christians we say, well, Jesus has a place everywhere that I go. Because I believe and I know that Jesus is the answer for every space that is out there. Even spaces that some consider um, should not be shared faith. So we look at this person, Daniel. And we look that he's a man that he, he, he's, he's smart, he's intelligent, he's raising up in the ranks um, in this secular empire. And now... He continues to grow and he gets favor with some people and there's some enemies, some political enemies that come against him and they say, well, he's not doing anything wrong per se, so we can't get him out of his position uh, that way. How can we get this man out of position? Well, let's get him out of position because of his faith. Listen really closely to this story. We can't get him out of position because he's lying or he's cheating or he's extorting or he's doing things behind the king's back, but we could get him on faith because we know the man won't stop praying. We know the man won't stop be, being faithful to God, right? So they devise a plan to trick the king into, into saying nobody can pray to anybody else but the king. For this season of time, that's, 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 that's going to be the law. King gets tricked whole situation, and what does Daniel do? Does he stop praying? Does he stop doing what he does to have a relationship with God? No, he does not. He continues to do what God has told him to do, and that lands him in the lion 's den because his enemies devise this situation, they call him out they the king is not happy about it, but the law is there in place already, so they have to throw him in the lion 's den and uh What happens here in this story is a man that's full of faith, that doesn't compromise his faith and his belief in God, faces opposition, faces an impossible situation in the natural, then a miracle happens, right? God shuts, God sends the angel, and the angel shuts the mouths of of the lions, right? Miracle. He's saved. He is promoted. His enemies are thrown. He's vindicated, he's promoted, and then watch, there's revival in the empire. Yes. The king says, now, this is the God we recognize. Right. So this secular environment, this pagan environment, all these other crazy religions, he says, no, this is the one true God, the God that got Daniel out of the lion's den. So here is the challenge for us as, as Christians. Are we willing to be faithful And be consistent to do what Christ has told us to do even in very difficult circumstances. Because here's the thing I think that's interesting about the way we sometimes think. As Christians, we want God to do a miracle, but we don't want to step out on faith. We want the blessing, but we don't want to have the enemies like Daniel did. We don't want to have anything to do with getting us anywhere near the lion's den, but we want the promotion. Right. God will do miraculous things in your life if you'll step out in faith and you will be an agent of the good news. If you will bring the person of Jesus into your conversations, bring the person of Jesus into the different spaces and places that you have a voice and see what miraculous things will happen. Yes, sometimes you'll have to go through the lion's den. Yes, sometimes you're, you're going to have some enemies. But that's where the miracle begins to happen. And so I challenge you to look at the person of Daniel and see how we as people of faith are supposed to interact with a secular culture. Because I don't know if you notice, but we live in a post-Christian society here in America. It won't always be that way, amen? Amen. But that's what it is right now. So we looked at the person of Daniel to see how to handle faith in cultures that come against. Now, last thing, last thing. Last week we talked about urgency. Urgency. This, This is urgent, the good news. Why is there such, why do you see there's such an urgency for the good news?
1: Because I look around and you don't have to look far and you really can see people dying spiritually and even physically getting to a place. I mean, you hear them talk about all the time, the mental health crisis. I don't know what percentage of America is on antidepressants and, and, and they have anxiety and all this stuff going on. And it's a result of a disconnect from from God, like he 's the one who gives us peace he 's the one who restores our soul when we 're feeling despair, and so you know there 's a time to pray about things, but I feel like right now this is a time of action you can 't just pray for things that are actually require action and expect them to happen there 's like faith and works, so we have to take action. God has given all of us a specific set of gifts unique to us that when we apply them in our circles are powerful they can if, if you understand that god doesn't make things that are that you know um what is it called without being able to fulfill it if god created you he created you with purpose is what i'm trying to say so he's not going to create you without a set of gifts for you to survive he do, he's for us he's not against us right So with the set of gifts that you have, it doesn't have to look like, and I say this often because people put themselves in this like box of, well, if I don't have that gift set, or if I can't talk to people like this, or if I'm not a pastor an evangelist, then I'm not that good. I'm not a leader. You got to stop thinking of it that way. God has made you and he's made you in, in his image. So you have the ability to do what he's asked you to do. So I think that's really critical. One thing I was going to share is recently we found out that a friend of ours outside of this community, elderly, um, had been going through some spiritual things where he was trying to find his way in God. He grew up Catholic, and he couldn't wrap his head around the fact that you could talk to God directly. And so he'd been asking us questions and we'd been talking with him and, and trying to walk him through those things. And we could tell he wasn't quite ready to take the plunge yet, you know, and give his life to Jesus. And then what really broke me was uh, we found out a couple of weeks ago that he took his life and I was so broken about that. And I have still been processing it because I asked myself, like, why is he elderly and he's just now finding out about the love of Jesus? If somebody would have intercepted him even earlier than us, you know, like, how do we get to this place? We have to do better. And so I say that to challenge all of us. Let's do better. Let's make sure that we don't leave it for somebody else. It's time to take action. Yes. Um, He just said 20% of Americans are being treated for mental problems. 20%.
0: I was talking with a police officer that is a mutual, the gentleman was a mutual friend of both of ours. And, you know, We were talking, I said, you just never know what somebody's wrestling with. You never know what what demons somebody's wrestling with, what crazy ideas somebody is wrestling with. And that good news of Jesus Christ, it's urgent. It can change everything. Will you bow your heads with me? God, I just pray that you would just um, touch our hearts. God, as we're here and we're praying. Maybe there's some person, there's some name, there's somebody that comes to our mind that we never thought about sharing Jesus with them. We thought about it and we didn't do it for whatever reason. God, give us the courage to do what you have called and commanded us to do. To be your voice, to be your hands, to be your feet. God, touch our hearts. Let us understand what it is to be like the Father that stands at the gate with His arms open wide waiting for that prodigal son to come home. God, let us have a heart like You, a heart of love for the world, for the world around us. Give us a heart like Jesus of sacrifice that we're willing to lay down our pride or Lay down feelings of discomfort or lay down a sense of, oh, I I don't know if I'm going to be embarrassed. Let us sacrifice for others. God, I thank you. You loved us so much. You gave your only son. Let us love the world so much that we share your son. God, I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Come on, let's give God the praise today. Thanks again for listening. If you like this podcast, remember to share and subscribe. For more information or to connect with us, go to hopeunited.church. And remember, if God is with you, you will be undefeated.